0: Two, three breaks. Down the middle of the field it is caught. Loose football! Who's got it? Down at the one-yard line. How about that? That is the ultimate kibosh. <laughs> <laughs> and we are underway. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Action Network NFL podcast. I am Matthew Friedman, the editor-in-chief of Fantasy Labs. We are just over a week away from the 2019 NFL draft when lots of rookies will be added, some veterans will be traded, and the complexion of the NFL will change just a little bit, uh, just as it does each year. So before all that happens, uh, there's still some time to get some action down on NFL season win totals and futures. And joining me to talk about those and their favorite bets are my long-lost brothers in football debauchery, Sean Corner and Chris Raybon. Sean is the Action Network Director of Predictive Analytics and one of the top in-season fantasy pros rankers for the past half-decade. And Chris is a senior editor and analyst at the Action Network and a co-host of All Take That Bets on ESPN+. You can follow them in the Action Network app at the underscore odds maker. And Chris Raybon use the app to get real-time odds and track your bets for free. Sean, let's start with you. How are you doing? Uh, what have you been doing, more importantly, since you were last on the pod? It's like you went into some self, some sort of uh, self-imposed Luke Skywalker pod exile. Like, whats uh, what's been up with you?
1: Yeah, so I've been pretty much um, in Excel uh, the entire time, doing some stuff for us on uh, March Madness, help uh, set up our MLB models, um, doing some master's modeling. Um, So getting as much non NFL stuff uh, while I can and, you know, doing things like going to the gym, (laughs) getting back into shape. It's so funny how like, uh, you know, football players are in shape during the football season and they kind of let it go in the offseason. Fans football experts are the exact opposite. So I'm trying to get rid of some of those (laughs) LBs that I put on during the football season. So, um, you know, spending some time outside of uh, or off my computer. I should say. So uh, just living it up, but
0: looking forward to talking to the football day. It's been a while. Yeah. In shape, always a relative term, by the way. Okay. Raybon, how have you been? Uh, you've been cranking out a lot of basketball pieces each week. That's great. What I really want to know is how many times since the
2: Super Bowl have you uh, been back to the New York office? Actually, I hit the over on that pretty quickly uh, after the Super Bowl. I think I've been back like six, seven times. My over under was four and a half. So. Uh, I'm feeling good, but just just crushing the over. Yeah, dig. I haven't been in a in a a while though, so I kind of crushed it and then uh, you know just let it go. But I've been I've been traveling a little. I was actually in Boston and I saw like the most awesome frozen pond, and I thought of you guys. Nice. uh, Yeah, hit up uh, Colorado. Got to see a Rockies game. So yeah, I've been kind of doing what Sean's doing a little though. You know, just kind of modeling some other sports, especially uh, especially NBA. I'm really kind of knee deep into that, and I think. Our app with kind of the functionality of getting that the props in there, the player props, has really kind of got me addicted to uh, to using the app. So I, I encourage you guys to uh, check it out, and I can't wait for football when we start putting NFL props in there.
1: Yes. Did you Did you see uh, Alex Collins and Kenyon Drake in the frozen pond? Any chance were they?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I think their bodies are just kind of floating, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. face up, just. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that feels yeah. very Game of Thrones, by the way. It, it would be the, uh, the time of, of the HBO season to have a body just stuck in a frozen <laughs> pond and these blue eyes just start looking at you. Okay, gentlemen, it is wonderful to have you back on the show. Uh, your return is so special, so momentous, that I didn't want to diminish it by commercializing it at all with an ad read. I was like, listen, Chad, no. I will not desecrate the sanctity of this reunion by talking about erectile dysfunction or hoodies or investing apps. So uh, that's where we are. It is nice to have you back on the show. Fellas, uh, let's jump into it. Uh, let's start with a conversation about the season-long win totals. Uh, they were released a couple of weeks ago. I would like to get your sense of how you go about projecting win totals. Uh, and and Sean, let, let's start with you. Um, where do you start? Like, what information do you find relevant from previous seasons? Uh, do you tend to bet overs or unders? Just kind of walk me through some of your process.
1: So um, what I did was I dusted off my uh, team rating sheet from last year. Um, So I'm not starting from scratch. I I have all my, uh, you know, modeling from last year. Um, So I'm essentially resetting that to this year, uh, paying attention to off-season moves, coaching changes, things like that. And just, you know, it's mid-April, so I'm just getting rough estimates right now. Um, And then from there, we have the schedule information. We don't know, you know, the exact order yet. But I, you know, I have the exact schedule mapped out. Um, I factored in these London games and the Mexico City game, so taking away home field advantage for neutral games like that. So just mapping out as best I can with with the information we have, and then from there, you know, generating what my projected win total is. So um, that's how I'm going about it right now. And I, I, I mean, I don't really try to tackle unders or overs, but Um, my, my five picks today are all unders and, um, you know, I I mapped out what the the sports books are projecting for each team and they, they average out to be about 8.1 wins, which is a little high. And, um, I'm, I'm closer to 7.9 because I'm factoring in ties as well. So I think I found, you know, some inconsistencies in the market, um, where there might be slightly more value in the unders due to that. But, you know, in general, I'm just looking for the most value and it just so happens to be on unders like we could discuss in a bit.
0: Yeah. Rayvon, uh, what about you? It sounds like um like Sean uses more of a a top-down approach, although I, I might be mischaracterizing it, but uh how do you approach win totals and creating your projections?
2: Yeah, so I, I pretty much do the same thing. I start with um, you know, some similar kind of ratings that essentially are uh what a team's projected uh winning percentage would be against like a league average schedule. And then I kind of from there I kind of you know, map out the schedule and then you can kind of get a, a projected uh, win probability for each game. So that's one way I go about it um, at this point in the season though. And, and for people listening that, you know, don't want to necessarily kind of do something as complicated as that, but still are interested in betting win totals. I would say, you know, I'm just kind of looking at, like kind of grouping teams into, you know, four or five tiers, you know, terrible below average, average above average and great. And then from there, it's just a matter of kind of, you know, looking at win totals and saying, okay, you know, this is a team that I think is is average, but their win total is six. And so, you know, I might, I might want to look at the over there. And um, I also look at the Pythagorean wins from last year. You know, there's, there's been, you know, studies shown that, you know, teams that outperform their, their win total tend to regress. And vice versa. So um, those are just some things that that I'm looking at. And also draft capital. You know, I also agree with Sean about the unders. I think in general, you're looking to bet unders Um, all really across the betting market. I mean, that's true for props. That's true for, for game totals. That's true. For, you know, like underdogs tend to be more profitable than favorites. Um, same thing for totals. But I will say that at this time of year, I'm a little I'm looking for overs a little more because what happens is, say, a team with a lot of draft capital in a position to really kind of improve their roster after the draft, that win total might jump a half a win or even a whole win. So if I'm looking to bet any overs, I'm trying to get on them a little earlier, whereas the unders, usually not as many betters are going to be betting those, so the lines aren't necessarily going to be uh, to bet down or change too much.
0: That's interesting. Chris, I want to ask you a follow-up question on that. This might be getting a little too in the weeds, but do you take into account a little bit when thinking about draft capital and maybe the ability of uh, the general manager to use that draft capital wisely. Like, do you take that into account? So if it's one team that has draft capital versus another team that has draft capital, and one has just a general manager who historically hasn't been able to, to do well in the draft, uh, hasn't done well uh, in, in kind of creating uh, players uh, who fit his scheme,
2: you know, like, do you, do you take it, that into account? Absolutely. Although I will say that it's kind of been shown as well um, that the draft is is largely a crapshoot and the best way to kind of crush the draft is to have draft capital. So it's usually going to line up anyway. Like if I don't like a team and I don't like where they're positioned. Before the draft, I probably it's probably because they don't have such a great general manager in the first place. And so I probably won't be that that bullish on them in, in the first place. But definitely I definitely do take that that into consideration. And we could talk about that with some of the individual teams that um, that, that will run through it away in the show.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. All right. Well, let's uh, let's start talking about it. And uh, I think what we should do is we'll each kind of break down a little bit our top five favorite win total bets for 2019, and uh, we'll kind of alternate so uh, we kind of keep it non-monotonous. Uh, Sean, let's start with you. Give us your your favorite winter oh, event. Fa- my favorite? Okay, let me – Do you think that's the way we should say it? Yeah. With gonna, the least interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Um,
1: okay. So but before I get into it, though, I do want to point out that, um, you know, when we talk about these, you know, the, the number – of win totals mean something, but also the price. And just a quick reference, um, I consider half a win worth about minus 135 on the money line and a full win would be about minus 180. So um, when you're referencing, you know, under six and a half and it's minus 130, that's kind of, uh, or one, minus one 135, I'm considering about a half um, under. So having said that, um, and, and also, you know, shot for the best line, you don't want to just get stuck getting the one number that you're looking at, you kind of want to shop around if you can. Um, having said that, my first bet is uh, Lions under seven at minus one fifteen. You know, this is mostly just getting a good number. I don't really have too much of a strong opinion about the Lions. Um, this is going to be Patricia's second season after disappointing six and ten season last year. Um, he's bringing some of his former Pats: Amandola, Justin Coleman, Trey Flowers. Um, They also brought in C.J. Anderson, which I I thought was a pretty good move, Um, even though he probably won't be as good as he was on the Rams. But I'd like some of the moves they made. But the NFC North is, uh, you know, stacked. I I consider them tied for the toughest division with the AFC South as far as being competitive. Um, So, you know, the Lions have a a tough draw with, you know, the Packers, Bears, and Vikings all being potential Super Bowl contenders this year. Um, And their schedule itself is pretty bizarre. I have them – as being slight favorites to a pick 'em in two road games and only favorites uh, twice at home, um, so my my projection for them is closer to six point two. Um, so I think getting seven is a great number to get because I, you know, it's harder to see them winning eight games or more. So so I think you know six or less is likely, and you know if if they get seven, it's a push. So I think this is a pretty safe bet: uh, Lions under seven.
0: Okay, and Sean, just to uh, make sure, this is the one that is your most favorite or your fifth most favorite? Fifth most favorite. Yes, okay. Correct. Uh, all right, uh, Raybon, let's uh, get your number five uh, bet for 2019.
2: Okay, so my number five, I thought we were going to go in reversal in the other order, but my number five is uh, the Tennessee Titans under eight and a half wins that to me is just too high and I think part of that is coming from the fact that they had these three uh nine win seasons in a row and and kind of you know beat expectations even though a lot of that was with you know different coaching staffs and whatnot and they're kind of getting this undue credit um for that I really don't think that that this team is anything is anything more than an average team I think they actually are a little bit below average I don't think that a lot of what they did last year, just kind of feeding the ball to Derrick Henry 8,000 times per game, is really going to be sustainable um, going forward. And I think eventually they are going to kind of come back down to earth. I really, you know, as as I'm sure you know, Friedman, I love the, uh, the Houston Texans in that division. I think the Indianapolis Colts um, are, are much improved even from last year as well. Um, and then the Jaguars could, you know, they're kind of a wild card, but they could easily, you know, the Titans could essentially have the, the fourth, wor- the worst quarterback in that division um, and, and I don't see why they're getting any, any credit to, for being a, an average or above average team right now. So um, that's my fifth favorite.
0: Uh, I like that one. And uh, what was the number you gave again?
2: What for what? Uh, oh, like eight, uh, under eight and, uh, a, hundred, and a half. Yeah, I'm seeing it eight and a half. Um, yeah. I'm sure I would, I would think that's going to go down and, and pretty quickly. At there's actually one book that I, I saw it not even listed right now, which, which I don't know exactly why that is, but um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, that. So
1: high. I couldn't figure that out. <laughs>
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So, yeah. I the reason why I ask because I'm I'm right there with you. That actually is my uh, fifth favorite one too. For all of the reasons that you mentioned, the biggest being that I think they are in a a tough division, and they I do think that they have the the worst quarterback in that division. I mean, I think it's hard to expect the Jags to improve markedly, but I think it definitely is within the realm of possibility. And I'm really not all that impressed with what they've shown. Uh, they being the Titans offensively. Uh, and I don't know if the additions that they've made to the team are really enough to uh, make their offense much better and they are losing their two primary pass rushers. So, you know, I think there are significant worries about them and uh, yeah, I'm, I don't have any, anything more to say because you nailed it. I will go next with my fourth favorite uh, and that is the under for the Ravens at eight and a half. It's a similar situation where I think they are in a a division that is still pretty tough. Uh, I think they overperformed for a significant portion of last year with the the switch in the middle of the season to Lamar Jackson, uh, where teams just kind of weren't sure, uh, how to game plan for them. The Browns are improving the Steelers, I think are going to be good. I think the, the loss of Antonio Brown won't be as significant, uh, for their win total big surprise, uh, as, as you know, people think. And, uh, I mean the Bengals, it's hard to know what to expect out of them, but, uh, I I think they could still be a little bit better. And then you have the Ravens losing a significant number of defenders and their defense has really been one of the things throughout the, you know, the last decade that has kind of been, been steady. And with all of the turnover on that side of the ball, I could see them regressing there a little bit. So uh, I do like under eight and a half for the Baltimore Ravens. Rayvon, let's kick it back to you. What is your fourth favorite?
2: For my fourth favorite, I am going with the... Arizona Cardinals. Um, I've seen this listed at five over five in some spots. Um, in other spots, it's over five point five. I obviously would much rather get it at five than than five point five. But I just think that this is a team that could be in for a pretty decent turnaround, even if they're not like spectacular, like the way um, you know the Bears were in Matt Nagy's first year or the Rams were in uh, Sean McVay's first year. I just think that I, I do believe in, in Kingsbury, I think he is going to improve the offense and just improve the way they do things. I still think they got some pieces. They still got David Johnson who's a you know kind of a borderline superstar that's being forgotten and so and you know they modest improvements to the O line, modest improvements you know to to corner opposite uh, opposite Patrick Peterson. and again, you know when you have a a win total that's essentially the lowest in the league or one of the low, to the two lowest in the league, um you always have to think long and hard about the the under. You um, go in the opposite way. So if it's like a really low one, you, you want to think about the over. If it's a really high one, you want to think about the under because that's where you're going to find some value out of the time. So um, I do like the, the Cardinals. You know, I, I do think they're in a bit of a uh, – you know, they are in a tough division, but I think that's also creating value, and I think that people are going to be a little slow to adapt. And they're another team that I think in the draft – um, you know, coming out of the draft, whatever they do, whether it's, you know, take Kyler Murray, whether it's kind of, you know, use all of the, you know, that, that pick and kind of flip it for even more capital, or if or they flip Rosen for more capital or players or whatever. I think that they're going to come out of the draft looking a lot better than they did going in. They have the third most draft capital, according to Chase Stewart's, um, you know, numbers. So I, I really like the Cardinals uh, right now, especially at over five, but I, I do it at over five and a half as well. Ravon, I want to ask you a follow-up question on this.
0: Would you feel different? Because I'm assuming
2: that you are assuming
0: that they are going to have Kyler Murray, but maybe not. Uh, would you feel differently knowing that they don't spend the number one pick on Kyler Murray and they go with Josh Rosen instead? And and like maybe they, you know, they trade down, they they get more draft capital, whatever it is. But since the quarterback position is so important in general, how would that impact the way you feel?
2: I mean, I would probably feel a little bit better if they did take Murray, because I think in this era of the NFL, I think those are the kind of picks you have to make, um, whether whatever you do with whether you keep Rosen or not. But at the same time, again, I think it's tough to kind of analyze how a team is going to to perform in the draft versus just looking at their draft capital and saying, OK, like one way or another, the public perception of this team, you know, is going to be. Higher Coming out of the draft just because they have the third most draft capital. And so if I think I think this team is in for an, an improvement either way. And, and I'll give you a, a data point to back that up, you know, going back. So the Cardinals won three games a season ago, going back 15 years, three win teams. Guess how many wins they average the next year? Six six and a half right so you know just naturally um because the nfl you know teams the good teams are are getting hurt and you know this is all this regression to the mean and it's it's really tough to stay good for long periods of time and it's it's not that easy to stay bad for that long, long period of time unless you're maybe the cleveland browns in the last two decades before uh before now but i think that that in itself kind of lends lends a lot to the pick and then um i really do like the direction they're going so uh, this is one again with these overs i'm looking to bet it a little a little sooner all right
0: uh I'm, I'm with you there. I think I would, I would take that over. Uh, and it was on my list uh, for consideration for the top five. Sean, let's kick it to you. What is your fourth favorite win total?
1: Uh, so my fourth favorite is Chargers under 9.5 plus 120. And it kills me because I have them as a top five team. I, I think there's so much talent on both sides of the ball. They don't really have a weakness. And they get Hunter Henry back this year. I think that's going to be huge for them. But I think with them, it's it's always overlooked. I can't emphasize it enough. They don't really have home field advantage. You know, I constantly forget that I live 15 minutes away from their stadium. Uh, that's just how it is out here. So they, you know, they play, they have another season at Dignity Health Sports Park, which seats 30,000 people and half the crowd is uh, rooting for the way team. It's, it's pretty unfortunate. And, um, you know, I'm factoring that into my um, team rating for their schedule. Uh, they also lost one of their home games uh, against the chiefs of all teams to the neutral site game at Mexico city. So that dings them a little bit. So they, you know, they have to win on the road. They, they went eight and two on the road last year, only four and three at home last year, two and five against the spread. So I think it's just a factor that most people don't take into account. So I have them as a slight underdog in three games all season. Like I said, they're a top five team for me, but um you know, they're they're only a five point or more favorite in three games. So that leaves 10 games where I have them between a pick them and a four point favorite. They're just going to have to win a lot of close games. And last year, you know, they fortunately went four and one in games that were three points or less. Um, and the year before that, they went one and four. So I think um, they're, they're going to have a lot of volatility. Um, so I'm willing to take the under nine and a half here at uh, plus 120. I just, you know, I have them around nine and a half. Just, you know, I think it should be uh, minus one ten both ways on this, so I'm I'm just taking the value on the the price here. All right, and what is your third favorite? My third favorite is the Texans under eight and a half at plus one hundred. Again, I'm not here to bash the Texans. This this has everything to do with their schedule. I have them graded out as the toughest schedule next year, so I think this line's a bit of a trap. You know, they won eleven games last year. They're a good team. But if if they had the Patriots schedule, so I just pasted in the Patriots schedule, their team total would jump up one point six. So I'd probably set it closer to ten. So that just goes to show how the schedule draw matters. They have to play at the Chargers, at the Chiefs, at the Saints, and they get the Patriots at home. The AFC South, like I mentioned, is one of the toughest divisions. So they have the Colts, Titans, Jaguars. Um, you know, Nick Foles led Jaguars team being the worst team in a division. Is pretty, that's a tough division, so I actually have their win total being closer to eight point two, um, despite me actually grading them out pretty high. So this is something that um, you know I think the the edge at this time of year is in just you know using the schedule, um, and, and I think that you know books are kind of inflating a little bit because I don't think enough people realize how tough their schedule is this
0: year. Okay, so Raybon, uh, let's get your third favorite uh, win total
2: for two thousand nineteen. Third favorite, I'm going with, you already know who, my beloved Houston Texans, over eight and a half wins. You know, this, they, is <laughs> this is perfect. This is perfect. You know, again, I think that when you have a, a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, um, and when you have, you know, you just have a high upside core of talent, um, which I think that the Texans do with DeAndre Hopkins and some of the players they have on the defensive side of the ball, even though they obviously still have some uh, some weaknesses, uh, you know, on that team as well. Um, I think that, you know, this... Eight and a half, I still think that um, they should be able to get over that. They've been over that in, in all but one year under Bill O'Brien. So they, they've kind of had a high floor except for the one year when you know injuries just really kind of destroyed their whole season and they went four and 12, I believe. So I, I think there's a little bit of, of value here. And I still think that the Texans are significantly better than teams like the Titans and Jaguars in that division. So I think it's kind of you know them and the Colts on one side and the Titans and Jags on the other side. So um, yeah, I, I like the Texans to to, to get at least nine wins. I think they're above average team more so than the, than an average one.
1: Look at we their start. schedule right now. I want to see your reaction. Look at their schedule. Just look at it game by game.
2: I've seen it. It's not <laughs> no, it's not easy. It's not easy. But that's the thing. Like I don't like you got to give a little weight to schedule now. But I, th- I I think the Texans can win against you know teams that are better than them. I and I think because of Deshaun Watson, because of Hopkins, you know, because of some of the players, they the difference makers they have on defense. I think they're the type of team that steals wins against against teams that you look at the schedule and you're like, Oh, Oh no. So, I mean, I, but I mean, Freeman knows this already. So he, he, you know, he knew I was going to bet the Texas regardless, but (laughs) I'm with you. I I don't really
1: have that many bad things to say about their their (laughs) their schedule and they, you know, they have to improve the offensive line. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson has to stay healthy. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I agree there. You know they won 11 games last year, deservedly so. I just their schedule.
2: No, I get it. I totally get it. I think you know last year that was one of the the main criticisms of the Texans was that um, you know they they did play an easy schedule and they cruised to 11 wins. Um, but if you do look back at you know the last 15 years, you know 11 win teams do still you know they do decline about 73 percent of the time, but they still average a 9.2 wins the next year. So it's not like one of those situations where. You tend to see like a huge decline. Like I think there's, I think they could still kind of come back down to earth and and be an above average team. Um, and they've been they've done so with you know far worse rosters. I think.
0: All right. Well, uh, leave it to to Chris <laughs> to uh, to talk about the the Houston Texans and uh, how great they are. I feel like it's in every podcast thing. Uh, okay, my third favorite win total. I'd like your your guys' feedback on this. I'm a, I'm a little conflicted about it. Uh, Eagles over nine and a half. And for me, the there are a few factors. One being that uh, Carson Wins presumably should be healthier, so I think we will see a better version of him. Even if it's not, uh, you know, like the full MVP caliber 2017 Carson Wins, I think he will be better than the 2018 version, and I think that will be significant for them. And then, more importantly. I think we are going to see some uh, pretty unimpressive play from the Giants and the Redskins. Both of them, I think, have pretty subpar quarterback situations, uh, which I think are going to be muddied even more by the fact that I expect both of them or at least one of them to draft a rookie quarterback, but I think both of them could. And so I, I think we could see a situation where we have near the, the second half of the season, two teams in that division starting rookie quarterbacks, kind of just looking to get their guys some playing time, not really looking to compete. And the Eagles could take advantage of that by, by sneaking out a win or two that they maybe otherwise wouldn't have gotten. Uh, so that, that's where I'm at right now with them. I would have them closer. I think to. I mean, I, I think setting it at ten and a half would be aggressive for them, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if they got eleven wins this year. So that that's kind of where I'm at with them right now. Uh, what do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I, I I do like the over there a little bit. Um, not enough for me to clear the vig or anything, but I, I, I could get on board with that. Uh, they they have this second or third easiest schedule. You know, the NFC East is the division you want to be in right now um, for them, and you know they added AAF legend. Charles Johnson, so and Greg Ward Jr. So, you of know, they, they have one of the best front offices. They took advantage of that. They just have a complete roster. So while I'm not betting on any overs yet, they're definitely one of the teams I think would be a, a safer bet for the over, especially at nine and a half. I think that's, that's a good uh, pick on my end.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. And then my second favorite, uh, I'm coming at you with another over the bills and I'm almost embarrassed that I'm saying this because I I cannot be accused at all of being a Josh Allen truther, but I think he will improve a little bit in his second season. Like I, I feel like he has to, at some point, uh, this defense has still been pretty good and they play in a division that I think is absolutely horrible. They're playing in a division with two teams that are being gaced simultaneously. One, you, you have the Dolphins, who have like uh, the aftermath of having been gaced for three seasons. And then you have the Jets, who are currently about to be gaced. So it's the situation where I think the, the Bills will fall into some extra wins um, just because you have the Dolphins tanking and you have the Jets. I think handcuffed by their coach and not yet ready to take the next step forward. And then combine that with maybe, maybe the Patriots regressing just a little bit. Although I, I don't want to like project that too much. Cause I still think the Patriots are the team to beat in that division and a very good team in general. But uh, I like the additions that uh, the, the team made in the off season. I liked add, adding a John Brown. I think that was a good move. So I'm, you know, I'm expecting more than what is the number right now is, uh, six and, a half. six and a half. Yeah. I think, I think they'll get to seven. So that that's where I am. Uh, what do you guys think there?
2: I actually am a big fan of the Bills, and We're only doing top five here. So, um, but the bills are kind of on my list. I'm going to do, I'm doing two pieces. Um, one on the overs I like and one on the unders I like, and, uh, it'll probably be out by the time you guys listen to this, but the Bills are one of those teams that I do like the over. And I think that it's kind of gone, gone a little bit unnoticed what they've done since Sean McDermott has gotten there. I mean, they've essentially outperformed the the, the talent on their roster, um, you know, in back-to-back years, they had no business making the playoffs that first year. Um, even last year, you know, with the talent they had, I, I think they, they exceeded expectations. Uh, and I think Josh Allen as imperfect and flawed as he is in this era of the NFL kind of, gives them some upside, you know, in, in in a sense that I could see Josh Allen as like a, a poor man's Cam Newton. Cause remember how inaccurate Cam Newton was um for, for the early part of his career. Um and we've already seen Josh Allen, you know, the way he, he can run the ball um and, and the way he can throw get it downfield, the Bills are kind of this little higher ceiling, lower floor team than maybe most teams in the NFL so I'm actually a big fan of the Bills because I think they I think they've been doing a a lot of things right and it's unfortunate for them that Buffalo is just um you know not not a place where where NFL players want to play because I know you don't like Antonio Brown Friedman but I mean I think that would have been a obviously a huge addition for them so I think you know they're on the right track and I could definitely see them exceeding expectations yet again
0: yeah, I mean, I would have uh, personally loved to have seen Antonio Brown
2: in in, uh, uh, <laughs> in Buffalo. Uh, the
0: idea of him trying to catch passes from someone who is easily more inaccurate than Ben Roethlisberger uh, would have brought me great pleasure.
2: Oh, uh, my God. Speaking of Ben, like, can I just, like, I think we were talking about this last year. It's kind of related, but we had a pod where we were talking about, like, interception, I think, like, futures, season futures. And so... I bet the under on, on Ben Roethlisberger's interception prop, and he led the league in interceptions, and I still won that bet, which just tells you how ridiculously high <laughs> interception props are set. Like if, like you just gotta bang the unders on every single one of them, almost because it's just it, it's just ridiculous.
0: <laughs> okay, let's kick it back to you, Rayvon. Your second favorite win total.
2: <sighs> um, oh, New Orleans Saints under ten and a half wins. It's at uh, it's at minus one ten. I think that the saints are in like, like, so first of all, let me say this when you see a win total of ten and a half, like that better be, I think like a top, a a shoe in like top two, three team in the NFL. I don't think the saints are that. I think um, the public perception may be that they are because of, you know, they were a play away from the super bowl and they got robbed and, and, and whatnot. But I think that over the second half of the season, we did see some, some, some troubling signs. They kind of, um, weren't able to really crush teams the way they were over over that, you know, early to mid-season stretch. I think they're a really fragile team at this point. Um, you know, Drew Brees is – he didn't look quite right down the stretch last year. We don't know exactly, you know, if he's going to begin declining or how steep or, or sudden it will be. You know, Michael Thomas is kind of still the, the only thing they really got. I don't think I'm as convinced about, you know, guys like Traquan Smith, you know, after after kind of seeing him his inconsistency last year. Uh, you know, Jared Cook, we, we've seen how these kind of older free agent tight ends tend to tend to do when they go to new teams. They, they don't necessarily always live up to the uh, to the hype. And then usually I would be a little, you know, a little worried about betting on the uh, on the Saints under, especially before the draft, because they usually do find a couple of steals in in the draft. You know, I mean, look, a guy like Kamara, uh, Michael Thomas and, and guys like that. But they don't have many picks this year. And they have actually the one of the fewest draft capitals among all the teams in the league. Number thirty-one out of thirty-two. So um, I don't think that this year is necessarily going to be as fruitful for them in the draft. And when you look at their roster, there's it's still kind of it's still kind of top-heavy, and I think I think very fragile if something were to happen to to one of those top three uh, key players on their offense and, 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 you know, losing Mark Ingram is still, is still a downgrade as well, in my opinion. So uh, I think that this went total is too high. I think that they're still a good team, but if I can get them, you know, if I can, if they can win 10 games and I can still win that bet, I'll take it all day. Because if you look at, you know, 13 win teams, they're only averaging 8.8 wins uh, the next season going back 15 years.
0: Yeah, Rayvon, uh, a couple of points off of what you mentioned. One, uh, yeah, the Saints definitely don't have draft capital, and it's because for the past couple of drafts, they've really leveraged themselves to, to move up to try to get players that they want to try to maximize their Super Bowl window, so it has left them exposed in the draft this year. And then secondly, to your point of looking at the under, I think they're in a pretty tough division. You know, it wouldn't be surprising to see the Falcons bounce back a little bit. Also, if Cam Newton is healthy, uh, he's a competitive guy. You know, you can't take either of those games against the the Panthers for granted. And then with Bruce Arians coming in for the Buccaneers, I don't know if you could say that either of those games is a give-me-either. So, uh, yeah, I think a a pretty tough division there. Sean, let's kick it to you to get your second favorite uh, win total. So, uh, speaking of
1: the tough NFC South Division. Um, my second favorite is Falcons under nine at minus one twenty. Mostly because I, I think it's just a good number. They're coming off a very disappointing seven to nine season, obviously, but um, I think we could chalk a lot of that up to you know the cluster of injuries they had on the defense very early in the season. So you know when Dion Jones, Ken O'Neill, and Ricardo Allen all got hurt in like week two. Um, I was factoring that in right away, and it, predictably, you know, they, they tend to struggle after that. So I think I expect them to bounce back this year. But they, they do have the fifth toughest schedule, the my model. So um, I only have them favored two times on the road, and they're actually a home dog twice. Um, and the only game that they're favored by six or more for me is at home against Tampa Bay. So I think they have a really tough schedule. So based on their schedule alone, I see them being more as a 500- team Um, despite me having them you know they're a top 10 team for me Um, so once again I I think this time of year I'm mostly exploiting you know the strength of schedule metrics I have Um, so I I think they will bounce back and they should be a 9-10 win team but just you know I could see them winning 8 very easily so I think getting that 9 number uh, to get the push at 9 wins is key so um, I like the under there
0: yeah, interesting. Probably have to shop around because I, I think it it's some books it's eight and a half, some at nine. So uh, shop around to find the best number there. All right, Sean, hit hit us with it. What is your your favorite?
1: So my favorite, it feels like a donkey vet because it's it seems obvious. I want to hear what you guys think, but Raiders under six and a half at minus one twenty. Um, I mean, can't get much worse than last year uh, for them going four and twelve, getting rid of uh, you know, Cooper and Mac. They, they do have good draft capital. You know, the three first-round picks this year. So I think they might be in good shape long-term. But for this prop, we're focusing on this year. And I just think the under six and a half is a steal right now. Um, obviously, Antonio Brown is going to help somewhat on the field. But I think his off-the-field and locker room issues could you know not be a good fit for them this year. I have them having the third toughest schedule. Um, I just don't think they're equipped to handle adversity. So if they get off to slow start, Uh, It could spiral out of control again. So, you know, they also lost one of their home games um, to the London series against the Bears. So that, you know, that docks off a little bit in my model. Um, They're a seven-point underdog or worse in six games. So I just think, you know, with with their last season, Oakland and, you know, AB, I I don't know if he's going to be a good fit for that locker room. I could just see things spiraling out of control. So I, I don't see them winning seven games or more. Uh, that's why I'm taking the under six and a half
2: right now. I, I I was thinking about that one too, but I that's one of them that I think actually might be better off waiting till after the draft, just because they do have True. so much draft capital. And like, there's essentially like they have a ridiculous amount of draft capital. I mean, according to the Chase Stewart numbers, they're number two. The Giants have a slightly more, but the, the Giants and Raiders are kind of in a tier all by themselves. And um, I, I don't I don't like they could like completely you know, make boneheaded picks. And like, I just think the public perception is still going to be that, oh my God, this team got a lot better or they could just make some, like another one of these like crazy moves, like these kind of AB moves that we don't even necessarily see coming. So um, that's one that I think might actually jump up uh, a half a point or you might get better uh, half a win, excuse me, or you might get better juice after the draft. So I'm actually monitoring that one. That's a great
1: point. I would love if they go up to seven, but that's a great point. I was going to talk about timing and with my surreal. Super Bowl pick later, uh, I was going to talk about the timing of the draft too, but you're right. You know, anticipating, um, you know, they're going to have three first round picks. You're going to hear about them a lot improving. So yes, I'm hoping that, you know, it can go up because right now, I think six and a half is just a shade too high. So um, I agree. I, I would love if it goes up to seven.
0: Yeah. A great point by Ray on there and, and connected to that, uh, Sean, in the deployment of that draft capital, Uh, How would you view this line if they did draft a quarterback? Let's say, like, they package their picks, they move up, and they get Kyler Murray. How would that change things? I mean, I I don't –
1: I know Rayvon's going to kill me. I don't think Carr's, you know, like the worst quarterback in the league. But, (laughs) you you know, when it comes to, you know, affecting a point spread, you know, I think that would help them, you know, in the next few years, obviously. But for this year, I wouldn't think it's a major upgrade. Especially having a deal with AB. Uh, I think Carr might be best equipped to deal with him. So I don't see that moving the needle too much for me, one way or the other. I- I'm just assuming they'll keep Carr, keep all their picks where they are, and just improve defensively and whatnot. But, you, you know, like Raybon said, let's wait and see how the draft impacts teams, and then we can kind of take advantage of that.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay, Raybon, give us your favorite.
2: OK, so again, you know, this is it's all about timing because I usually do tend toward unders. But a lot of the overs I am going to bet are going to be kind of uh, now. And this one isn't it's 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 related to the draft, but it isn't necessarily because I, they have great draft capital. I think they're going to ha- uh, make, you know, these great picks that are going to improve the perception. I just think that once the draft ends and everyone looks at every at all the teams throughout the league and their rosters, they're going to look at this team and say, oh, wait, hold on. This team is is one of the best teams in the league. And to me, that's the Cleveland Browns. I think that this team is going to be, no question in my mind, uh, you know, an above average team, a nine plus win team. So I love them right now over uh, nine wins. So, I, you know, worse comes to worse, I think you get the push at nine, but, you know, so I love it a lot more than than nine and a half. And I think it will go up to that as more people start, you know, betting win totals and they're going to be a obviously chalk trendy pick, but I mean, I think the roster stacked, And I think the the real key for me is Baker Mayfield over the second half of last season. Um, he was number two in the league in yard per attempt right up there with uh, Patrick Mahomes. And um, you know, there's certain quarterbacks, you know, that I think just kind of change things and, in and, in, in, you know, certain offenses that i can think just change things and last year there was like a lot of concern about the chiefs and and their defense and how that would hold up and i just think when you have you know what a top and a offense that you can you're going to outscore you know probably 10 11 teams and win just based off that and then when you get to the playoffs it's going to kind of be a struggle and you might end up getting knocked out in the first round or, or whatnot but i think this browns team is already the best team in their division i think they're one of the best teams in the AFC right there with the chiefs and the, uh, and the Patriots. And I think they, I think they probably get a double digit win. So I'm I'm loving the Browns now before it gets even chalkier.
0: Yeah. I like it. Um, I think we're going to be Browns fans this year and and maybe, (laughs) maybe for a a few of the coming seasons, I think we're going to be very interested in them. Oh yeah. All right. My favorite. Let me know if I'm wrong with this dolphins under five. I just don't see it. This team is such a train wreck. Ryan Fitzpatrick is their starting their starting quarterback. Like and they're saying that with a, a straight face, but like with the knowledge that they know that everyone else knows that they are tanking this year. They're not really even trying to hide it. Who is their their best player? Like who is the best player on their team? Like, Kenyon Drake, maybe. Yes. (laughs) Yes. He's he's in the final year of his contract. Like, it wouldn't be a surprise if they traded him at midseason. Albert Wilson is probably their best wide receiver, maybe. But he's injured. He's injured. Um, I mean, yeah, Jakeem Grant, but he's also injured. Devontae Parker, like the ghost of Devontae Parker is somehow still on that team. I mean, there's just, there's very little to be excited about. With what this team is doing, especially because they are, I mean, I would say like intentionally, like bold facedly planning to tank. So I don't know. I, I want to be pretty invested in going against this team as much as I can in the win totals and then also I think just throughout the season. What are your thoughts on Dolphins under five?
1: Yeah, I, uh, you're on to something. Uh, and, you know, they won seven games last year. So, you know, books. Um, can bank on some overaction here Uh, and like you said I think they're only going to make moves to get worse this year and you know better in the future so you know just having that that's that's more of a game theory play I think having that on your side helps Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick might make them uh, you know more exciting fantasy team but they're they're clearly expecting to lose a ton of games this year so I I can get behind that Uh, what what line do you see for under five what's because I think some sites are moving the juice like closer, to like minus one fifty. So um, yeah, I so I grabbed it at minus one twenty. Perfect. Yeah, I was gonna say once it gets to like minus one forty, I would say that sounds about right. But if you can get it anywhere north of that, uh, I, I could get on board with that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's skip some of these questions that I have here in the outline, and let's get straight to the good stuff. Let's get to the Super Bowl picks. Uh, Raybon, let's uh, let's kick
2: it to you. Sure. So, you know, Super Bowl, I think you have to, so I did a, an article uh, a couple months ago and it essentially just created kind of a, a quick little simple model, kind of eliminating the teams that didn't have a chance of making the Super Bowl, essentially just using uh, DVOA. So essentially if a team wasn't above a certain baseline in at least one facet, you know, offense, defense, special teams, there's never been a, a Super Bowl winner that, you know, didn't have, you know, c- kind of, uh, you know, a top third, uh, top, fourth of the week in at least one facet. So it's just, what that says, it's just really hard to improve that drastically in one year. A lot of times it takes two. I mean, you look at a team like the Rams who, um, you know, in that first year, they still kind of, they, they got, they struggled in the playoffs and then the second year, they kind of um, make it in. And so or when the chiefs kind of got, you know, shut down last year. So this, my Super Bowl pick, uh, is Kansas City this year? I think that, they, like everyone, kind of talks about the Saints and how they should have been in the Super Bowl, but you could say the same thing about the Chiefs. And I mean, if, if I think Patrick Mahomes in this offense is special, I think um, if you're if you're betting on them to win. A Super Bowl you know these windows close quicker than than we think and I think this is their time I think the fact that they have this you know Tyree Kills, you know we don't know he tends to get himself into, into trouble we don't know how long he's going to end up being on that on that roster you know Sammy Watkins we don't know how long he can he can stay healthy so I think, you know, even a guy like Travis Kelsey, you know, tight ends, not always the longest shelf life. So I think this is their time. I think they're going to be aggressive. And I think Patrick Mahomes is special. So um, the Chiefs are definitely my Super Bowl pick. I think they should have been in it, in it this year. It sucks that we didn't get a rematch of uh, a Chief Rams. I'm sure that would have been more exciting than, than uh, Rams-Pats.
0: Yeah. Uh, Rayvon, I like it. And they are one of the teams uh, in which I have invested uh, a Super Bowl ticket corner. Let's kick it to you. So uh, my pick is
1: the Saints, and you know I, I agree with Raybon earlier. I'm not really hammering their over ten and a half. I think they are a little bit of a fragile team, um, but I think the upside is there. And right now I have them as tied for the top team in my model, my power ratings. Um, and again, you know the, their draft, they don't have much draft capital, so I would wait to bet until after the draft. And they could potentially drift to ten, ten to one or eleven to one odds. I've seen some places. So I'm going to hold off until after the draft. I think that'll be the right time to take them. They're loaded on both sides of the ball. And they've also suffered just brutal playoff losses back-to-back years. Um, so, you know, I think the perception of them would be different if those plays went another way and it wasn't really their fault. So I just think you just great value on them at double-digit odds. I would have them as a slight favorites, honestly. And the NFC is tough. We've, we've always said, you know, the NFC is the toughest division. But, you know, when you look at the playoff teams, both – divisions are pretty much even it's just the AFC has more bad bad teams so I I think it's pretty equal that way and you know with the AFC the Browns becoming a good playoff team I think the AFC has pretty much evened up so um, I'm not knocking the Saints just because they're the NFC so I have them as a slight favorite I think they should be closer to six to one to seven to one odds if I have a true odds model that I'll create probably in the middle of the summer but right now just
0: going off feel. And I think 10 to one is a little bit too high. Mm-hmm. All right. The, uh, the team I'm going with, and this is probably cheating a little bit. I'm going with Cleveland. And the reason why I'm going with the Browns is because you can't find them at a book out there close to uh, 3000, which I think is an egregious price and is sort of like that that's basically where they were before the odell beckham trade there's just so much value on them right now at that price where you know most other books they're around 1400 something like that but i I mean i think they have a legit chance of winning the super bowl and and i know they weren't one of the 11 teams in your article but um i think there's reason to believe that there are extenuating circumstances to take into account one, obviously the Odell Beckham junior trade Two, just looking backward at the numbers from last season. uh, The fact that they changed coaches in the middle of the season. uh, And so I I think the, the numbers that we would see in the second half of the season are more representative of what we should uh, expect to see this year. So I think it's a a good situation all the way around for them. And uh, I don't know. I just, there's something about this team, like I hate to like sort of buy into like, I don't know, like the mythology of you know, like Baker Mayfield as a quarterback and like, I don't know, the remnants of Sashi Brown. And like, there's just there's so much with this team that I like uh, at that price. Uh, again, this is strictly at that price. But uh, at that price, uh, I think it's it's too much value to pass up.
1: Yeah, thirty to one sounds like like a sports book promotion. Like a like a sign up bonus. Like, hey, you can get the Browns thirty to one if you deposit. No, $100. it's
0: it's like it's a legit book. It's it's legit. Um, and it's it's not it's not quite thirty to thirty to one. It's uh it's twenty nine and some change to one. Close enough. Uh, yeah. So uh anyway, that's uh that that's where I am. So uh anyway, final thoughts uh either of you guys on uh, on the Super Bowl uh Super Bowl picks and and maybe if there are any other teams that uh have your eye. I mean, I, I just want to like
2: what, like, you don't even have to convince I don't think you should have to convince people about the Browns or even like have to justify it. I mean, this is this is what what they're going to put on the field on offenses like this year is like what Patrick Mahomes was going into last year. It's like If you were sharp, you kind of saw it coming, you know. Like this is the like this is going to be a juggernaut, you know. And we're going to be talking about this team, you know, unless they suffer like a really unfortunate string of injuries. um, You know, we're going to be talking about this team as one of the the top two three offenses in the league. And so, yeah, yeah, I would I would definitely grab that. Now I'm 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 on board, and I I think yeah, I actually wrote about it in my uh, in my Odo Beckham AB Viva article about you know if there is one team that's kind of an outlier. Because remember, with that model, the one caveat is that we only have so many Super Bowls. So there's only so many years. It's a small sample of data. Yeah. So you always have to keep that in mind. And I do think that if there's going to be an outlier, it's going to be the Browns. And, um, and you know, they have a... Not only do they have that offense with all the elite, the, the quarterback who, who put up, you know, the big numbers without much at receiver, or nearly as much as he's going to have this year at receiver, but you have, you know, a top five talent uh, at cornerback in, in Denzel Ward. You have a top five talent um, you know, a uh, pass rusher, Miles Garrett. So you have so, you have so much talent just all around at these key, at these key spots that I, I think it's foolish not to, to just jump on now. Like regardless if it's, if it's a chalky pick or whatnot, like sometimes the chalk is, is chalk for a reason because it's right.
1: Yeah. So let me just ask you is, I mean, the, the hype is going to catch up to them at some point. And just hypothetically, what line would you guys begin to consider betting the under?
0: <sighs> on on the win total?
1: Yeah. On the win total. Yeah.
0: Ten, I mean, where it's nine right now, right? Yeah,
1: I yeah, mean, but heavy juice on the over, right? I mean, it's pretty much nine and a half, or like just a shade under that. It seems like the markets.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, I I would consider betting
2: the under at ten. I might even go a half. Like I might I would consider still betting the over at ten if it wasn't like juiced up. Oh. You know what I mean? Like I would so like, like, push that ten, yeah. It's <laughs> so a push at ten, yeah. Ten would, over minus one
1: ten, you would still be considering
2: that. I would, yeah, I think it's like I think the Browns again. I think that number like I don't like I think the Browns defense has the potential to be right. better than a team like the Chiefs defense was last year, yeah, and I think their absolutely. offense has the potential to be not quite as but actually no forget that yes I think the Browns offense does have the potential to be as explosive as the Chiefs because if you look at the numbers Baker Mayfield was putting up those numbers without Odell Beckham um you know and and throwing a you know Ratley and and Higgins and all these guys so
1: they'll even have uh Kareem Hunt for the second half of the year too so
0: yeah here's the one one thing I I want I want to push back just a little bit even though now I'm the one who is like I would take them (laughs) at 29 but uh I mean I think it's uh, we should not expect them to to have within their range of outcomes a 50 touchdown season through the air like you know what I mean like why not
1: their defense might be good enough. They don't they don't have to throw it that yeah, much. Like so. like
0: that is just like yeah. that's an like that's an outlier to the outlier type of season. And um I think they could still be a very good offense without having that type of production. You know what I mean? Like on, on a per play basis, they could maybe still be just as good without needing to score that many points. But like I'm I'm still with you in thinking that they could be um like a a top two offense in the league. Uh, And and especially because uh, I think Todd Munkin is like the secret weapon here Uh, coming from Tampa Bay. Like last year, Tampa Bay's offense was so good and people kind of didn't appreciate how good it was. Part of it was that they just, they couldn't score touchdowns, but they were really aggressive in moving the ball down the field. And I think that style of play suits Baker Mayfield perfectly. So him coming in as the offensive coordinator I think really gives some extra juice to this offense that I was already going to be very excited about.
2: Yeah, no I agree with you. I mean I don't think like we should go out here and like we, like you never want to project outliers, but I mean from the from the perspective of, you know, when you're betting NFL in general, playing fantasy as well, all that stuff, you know, it's it's such a hard it's a hard sport to predict and There's always there like there's never going to be the same way like you're never really going to project a team for as few wins as as the Dolphins will probably get. So even though you hate betting unders on on the lowest win total in the league, it's probably still the right play. Like predicting like at least identifying potential situations where there could be an outlier could have sent you know it could win your fantasy league. It could it could let you hit on the right future. So I think you know if there is a situation where you do feel strongly, um, I definitely think you do want to invest in that and, and, and especially before. You know, it it blows up because the Browns are going to blow up. I mean, I, I could see their win total jumping. You know, to that point that we discussed that we might bet yeah. the be under on. So, um, like if you feel the way I feel about the Browns, I would get on them now. This is like this is the way I felt about my homes last year. Like it's just it's just one of those things where it just it just seems like unless again unless they get injured, I don't see how they're not just a juggernaut.
0: Yes, the Browns team of destiny. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, I believe. The plan with the upcoming draft is for us to update our fantasy rankings, uh, our top 150. Maybe we will expand that to top 200. Uh, We will do that shortly after the draft. Uh, Rayvon will start putting together, I'm assuming, some strategy-based fantasy pieces uh sean will start creating season-long projections at some point uh, and i will continue to bet every nfl prop i can find uh till then that is going to do it for this episode of the action network nfl podcast for sean corner and chris raybon i'm matthew friedman Matt at the oracle see you again next episode